And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a horror episode of Quiet Please, starring Ernest Chappell from 1949. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for learning the lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right. So, Mike, I need your prediction. How many is Carl going to get correct? Ooh, I think you know all of these. Hmm. Um... I'm going to say you're, you'll get the first two for sure. Wow. Uh, you know what? You've had a bad day in games. I think you're going to get all of them today. <laughs> you said a difficult wow. time today. I have. So I'm so, making Carl, it did all you, up here. Did you, I hope so. Did you think of any songs that begin with the letter P? No. Nothing. No. All right. Let's start with the first one. And okay. I will venture to say these are all songs that I think that you know as all well. All right. Okay. I like the way your sparkling earrings lay against your skin so brown. And I want to sleep with you in the desert night with a billion stars all around. Hmm. Anything? Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you won't let me down. Don't let me down, down, down. No, no. that's not it. Uh, Because I'm already standing on the ground. Because I'm already standing on the ground, (laughs) right? (laughs) I found out a long time ago what a woman can do to your soul. Ah, but she can't take you anyway. Ah. You don't already know how to go. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I know you won't let me down. on the ground. Because I'm already standing on the ground. (sighs) Yep, that's it. Give me a little more. That's literally it. Give me a little bit more. I I literally gave you everything. I don't know. That would help you. Listen, I like the way your sparkling earrings lay. Against your skin, so brown. And I want to sleep with you in the desert night with a billion stars all around. (sighs) Boom. There's the next line. It's the title. Uh, No? Not your night. (laughs) Just not feeling it tonight. It's like a a country song, right? It's not country. No? No? Mm -mm. Um, It's not your night? I don't know. Are you just not feeling it tonight? Not feeling it. (laughs) All right, Mike, help us out. What is it? Country. It's the Eagles. I like the way sparkling earrings lay against 
just clean and so brown. Peaceful, easy feeling uh, by the Eagles. No. Nope. No, nope. what? I didn't know it. I know. <laughs> with a billion stars all around. I got a peaceful, easy feeling. And I know you won't let me down. Cause I'm already standing on the ground. All right. Man, I'm just terrible tonight. Yeah, you're not at your best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to change gears on the second song. All right. Okay? Yeah. Love is like a bomb, baby, come on, get it on. Living like a lover with a radar phone. Looking like a tramp, like a video vamp. Demolition woman, can I be your man? Razzle and dazzle and a little flash of light. Television lover, baby, go all night. Sometime and nothing. Nothing. Sometime and zero. Sugar me sweet. It's like little miss innocent sugar me. It's like this. Chirp, 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 chirp. Listen, Mike, do you know this song? Yes, I do. Does Carl know this song? I imagine he's heard it. Love is like a bomb, baby. Come on, get it on. I have no idea. All right, let's play it. I still don't know what it is. What? I don't know idea. Do you know the band? Wait, wait till you get to the chorus. No. L- listen to one more minute. It's almost there. Here, listen. I think you'll recognize the chorus. I don't know this song. You don't know this song? This is Pour Some Sugar On Me by Jeff Leppard. Pour Some Sugar On Me. Here it is. Come on. Sugar on me. That's it. Pour some sugar on me. This is by who? Death Death Leopard. Leopard. So you can't say it's too slow. So the first one sounded country. This one you just don't know. (laughs) So hang on. Here's here's one of my uh, most uh, (laughs) well-loved sounds for the evening. (laughs) Here's here's, here's a sound that is uh, synonymous with me. (laughs) I have no idea. All right, next. All right, ready? Mm -hmm. I'm saying all the things that I know you'll like. Making good conversation. Mm. I got to handle you just right. You know what I mean. I took you to an intimate restaurant, then to a suggestive movie. There's nothing left to talk about. Nothing. Unless it's horizontal. I'm not getting anything from these. Okay, so let's play it. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, my God. Come on, Carl. It's Olivia Newton-John. Oh, physical. This is physical. Yes. Yeah but, yeah, but that doesn't sound like a P. It's a silent P. So that makes it even harder. I see. That must Let's be the problem. Get physical. Have you heard of this one? Yeah. Okay. Barry would know this song. Our, yes. our friend Barry. He knew, he knew Olivia Newton-John years ago. Let's get physical. Physical. See, it sounds like an F. 
It, it sounds like it, but so that's... You threw me with that. Oh, okay. Just with that it's one. It's your fault. Got it. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Better luck next I really week. did terribly. <laughs> no all comment. right. Hang on a second. Here's another. There all we right. go. When we come back, it's a great horror episode of Quiet, Please. So stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. One of the most creative horror series on radio was Quiet, Please. Came to the airwaves in 1947, lasted until 1949. It was created by Willis Cooper, who also created Lights Out. Ernest Chappell was the show's announcer and lead actor in nearly every episode. And Cooper's earlier Lights Out was famous for gruesome stories and sound effects. Quiet Please was more subdued, slower paced, but just as frightening. And Chappell would underplay it by speaking softly, quietly, terrifyingly. It aired on Mutual and ABC without a sponsor through its 106 episodes. And I got to tell you, Lisa, this series is one of my favorites. Unfortunately, very few, I have all of the episodes, but very few are in good quality. They're they're just um, bad transcription discs. This one's pretty good. It's not great. It's pretty good. It's called The Man Who Knew Everything, March 6, 1949, part one of Quiet, Please. Quiet, Please. Quiet, please. The American Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please which is written and directed by Willis Cooper, and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for today is called The Man Who Knew Everything. How do you do? (laughs) That's just a matter of speaking, isn't it, when I know perfectly well how you do. I know you're all right, except for the weather and all that. I, I should have said, how do you... No, I mean, good day. That's better. I... Excuse me just a moment. I know who that is. Hello. Yes. Yes, I know. Why, the name of the mystery tune is Interlude Dramatique by Piero Coppola, who was formerly conductor of the Paris Conservatoire Orchestra. Thank you, I know. A brand new automobile. Two refrigerators. Yes. 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 Yes, I know. Yes, thank you, but you forgot a dozen pair of chromium-plated stills. Yes, thank you. No, I'm not very excited, thank you. I knew I was going to win the jackpot. Yes. And send everything to my home. That's always the way it is. They're so surprised when I know the answers. I can't really help it, you see. I know everything. It's a little awkward at times. 
knowing everything. And sometimes I find it difficult to explain. You see, I never know anything until I think about it. My goodness, some of the things I think about. I'll be sitting here, for instance, just idling away the time, and all of a sudden I'll think, what is the square root of 777? It's 27.6747 plus. Ornamental, but hardly useful. Mr. Willis Cooper's telephone number in Chicago in 1922 was Buckingham 1570. It's interesting. Mrs. Dorothy Neely of Woodland Hills, California, has a dog named Kilty, a Scottish terrier. Ernest Chappell went to North High School in Syracuse. Joseph Silverman of New York City speaks Chinese. I don't know who that is. Hello. Yes, I know it's the Weather Bureau. Tomorrow will be fair and colder, moderate to fresh northerly winds. You're welcome. You see? I'm continually bothered by people who want to know things. What is a tonka bean? What was President Rutherford B. Hayes' middle name? Where did I lose my diamond bracelet? What does Patsibo Boshoi mean? The answers, respectively, are a South American product used for flavoring cigarette tobacco, birchard in the laundry hamper in your bathroom under your green uh, unmentionables. And thank you very much in Russian. Quite welcome, I'm sure. I said it's a little awkward at times. I mean by that it's... Uh, Shall I say unpleasant? I shall say unpleasant. When I get to thinking about myself, I know all about me. Natch, as Mr. Murray Bowen of Pacific Palisades, California, often says, I am aware that my spleen is two centimeters too high, that I have a tendency to hypertension, and that I shall probably perish of an aortal aneurysm. However, don't let those ailments of mine bother you. I shall not tell you about them in any more detail. It was of yourself I wish to speak. And I hope you will bear with me. As a matter of fact, I know you will bear with me. <laughs> Excuse me, there is a gentleman at the door with a very interesting question. Come in. How do you do, Mr. Perry Bimforth of Pelyalak, Washington? You will sit down. My name is Clovis Feitelbaum. Your name is Perry Bimforth. You were formerly in the bicycle repair business in Pelyalak. You were convicted of baritary in 1934, but released on a technicality. In 1947, you broke your right ankle, and last October, you went through bankruptcy with liabilities of $83,000 and assets Never of... mind, never mind. I've heard about you. Obviously. But I came here to... To secure the combination of the vault at the Cordwainers National Bank on 13th Street. Exactly. The combination is... You better write it down. 11 left. Right 2. Left 16. Right 24. Left 6. Right 5. And open. Have you got it? Thank you very much. Are there any other questions, Mr. Bimeforth? How much is there in the vault? $1,610,000, sir. $1,610,000. Well, thanks very much. Any other questions? No, I think not. Very well. Good day, sir. Good day. That chap? Oh, a burglar. He bothered me to death. But I was starting to talk about you. May I go on, please? I know a few facts that I think you ought to know, too. Do you know these people by their descriptions? A tall, grossly fat man with a bald head. An absolutely bald head. 
and an extremely unpleasant, deep voice. Just the trace of an accent. Probably six feet, six inches tall, weighed about 300 pounds. And a man and a woman with him, both of them not more than four feet tall. The man, very fat too, in a sort of unhealthy way, wearing a little black mustache. And the woman, short and dumpy, wears glasses, perched on a very sharp nose, has a very red face. Well, they know you. They were talking about you in a certain restaurant Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Does that give you any ideas? Well, think. Please think. Let me describe them a little more. The tall, gross, cruel-looking man wore a tan gabardine suit with a white shirt and a knitted red and black tie. He was eating a breaded veal cutlet, I think. It was rather unpleasant watching him. The smaller man wore a blue serge suit, rather shiny, blue shirt and a bow tie. He was drinking beer, Pilsner Urquell. Although he mispronounced it, he called it Urquell. The woman has a very red face. It looked as if she'd rouged it all over. Sharp features, kind of modified harlequin glasses. Dark gray dress with an ornament that looks like a woman's hand. Rather like the hand of Fatima, but I'm sure it couldn't be that on this woman. A dark blue hat with a capricali feather on it. You know her? Well, she knows you. I wish you'd search your memory. That really is quite important. You must excuse me a moment. Miss Trigasanth is coming in with the mail. Come in, Miss Trigasanth. Good morning, Mr. Afternoon. Good morning, Miss Trigasanth. Uh... The safety pin with which you fastened your girdle when you broke the zipper this morning is open, Miss Tragosanth, and it'll presently stick you in the... It will presently stick you if you do not fix it. Thank you, Mr. Afton. That is one of the unfortunate aspects of knowing everything. But Miss Tragosanth is more or less used to my knowing everything. I noticed you start when she addressed me by my name. I am sorry I should have introduced myself long ago here. We've been sitting and talking all this time, and... I'm sorry. My name is Charles W. Afternoon of Woodbury, New Jersey. Our ancestral home on North Drexel Street in Woodbury is one of the sites of the city. Ah, Miss Tragosanth has effected a repair. She is returning. Come on, Miss Tragosanth. Thank you, Mr. Afternoon. You're entirely welcome, Miss Tragosanth. I see you have only two letters today. Take a letter to Mrs. Grover, Cleveland, McNulty, the Dells, Oregon. Dear Mrs. McNulty, no, yours truly. No, Miss Tragosanth, I do not need to see the letters. I know what is in them. The next one. To Mr. Marshall Birddog, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Dear Mr. Birddog, your great-grandfather's name was 13 Thumbs, period. He was a sachem of the Stone Boiler Indians in Upper Athabasca, comma, then was captured in 1812 and converted to the Shinto faith by a band of wandering Japanese fishermen, period. Paragraph. He escaped seven years later, comma, emigrated to Doylestown, Pennsylvania, comma, and became the father of a large family which later removed to Albuquerque, comma, 
Although your great-grandfather deserted the Apaches near Anton Chico, New Mexico, comma, and resumed his former life as a sachem, period. Yours truly. There was another letter, Mr. Afternoon, but I lost... Never mind, Miss Tragostanth. It was for my Uncle Fred asking for money. Send him a check for $60 and give my best regards to him and Aunt Hilda. You have a cold, Miss Tragostanth. I hope I'll get over it. You will. It must be wonderful to know everything, Mr. Afternoon. People either get over a cold or they eventually die from it. I know that you are not going to die from a cold. Ergo, you will get over this one and all the others you may have, which, in your case, is 14 more before you die. What am I going to die of, Mr. Afternoon? Never mind. Please, Mr. Afternoon. I don't know. Yes, you do, Mr. Afternoon. No, I don't. Oh, Mr. Afternoon. I shan't tell you. Will I be murdered? No. Will it be an accident? No. Will I be hanged? No. Please go away, Miss Trigatan. Oh, you're a meanie, Mr. Afternoon. Where will I die? Will you tell me that? Why should I? Well, then, I wouldn't ever go there, see? Please go away, Miss Trigasant. There's somebody at the door. Well, I think you... A meanie. Answer the door. I don't hear the doorbell. It will ring. There. Oh. Can I go out and get a sandwich then, Mr. Afternoon? You will, whether I give you permission or not. Oh. Miss Trigasant is going to die of overeating at the age of 81. That man at the door now, that's a policeman. It's Officer Shapiro, an old friend of mine. He's come to tell me that he has arrested the gentleman from Puyallup, Washington, Mr. Bangforth, you remember? The man who wanted the combination of the bank vault? You thought I was being an accessory to a crime, didn't you? It was quite all right to give him the combination, you see. I knew the police were looking for him. I'd have told him, but he didn't ask me. You see, I do know everything. But generally, I don't tell, unless I'm asked. But, in your case... Hi, very interesting show. This is Quiet Please, The Man Who Knew Everything, written and produced and directed by the great Willis Cooper, with Ernest Chappell starring as The Man Who Knew Everything. March 6, 1949, is heard on ABC. We'll get back to it. What do you think? I thought you were the man who knew everything, <laughs> so now I'm confused. That's the name of a movie, The Man Who Knew Everything. <laughs> it's a good right? name. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really, really cool radio show. I'm enjoying it. It gets even creepier, oh, so good. don't miss the end. We'll have that for you after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co 
co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. This show airs on uh, hundreds of radio stations across the country, but not all of them carry the full five hours. So if you want to receive an email every Monday with the full five-hour Hollywood 360 show, along with our Radio Rarities podcast, we tack that on to the end of the five-hour show. You can get that each and every week. For only a dollar fifty a week, we bill you five ninety nine a month, and that's just really to cover our costs to send it to you, and for the um, for the um, data charges, and also for the uh, Mailchimp to send it out. So it's just covering our costs to send it to you. If you'd like to sign up, get the full Hollywood three sixty radio show the full five-hour show email to you every monday along with radio rarities just go to our website to sign up hollywood 360 radio.com that's hollywood 360 radio.com or you can call our our number and speak to a live operator if they uh, if a live operator does not answer just leave your phone number and you'll receive a return call that number is 815-900 Seven five three five. That's eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. That's also the same number to call if you would like to sign up for the Classic Radio Club, where you'll get CDs or digital downloads of our classic radio shows that we release every week. Well, actually, every every month. You get 10 new shows every month, right, Lisa? Right, Carl. <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's a five-hour show, man. <laughs> You know, you know, you know what we should get is five-hour energy to sponsor our five-hour show. You are right. That right? would be ideal. Because then we could take a five-hour energy. Right. See what that be, would do for us. Yeah. And Carl, you'd be better than ever. I mean, think about that. We have a five-hour show. We need a five-hour energy. I think so. Anyway, anyone out there that uh, works <laughs> for five-hour energy, give us a call. We think we uh, we have the right show for you to be sponsoring. <laughs> All right, we're listening to Quiet Please from March 6, 1949, The Man Who Knew Everything, starring Ernest Chappell and written by Willis Cooper. Here's the conclusion. These people I was telling you about. Yes, I know you don't know them, but I do know you've seen them. Separately, perhaps. The tall, fat man with the cruel mouth and the eyes that always seem to be looking over your shoulder and yet never miss a movement. And the greasy little man with the black mustache and the heavy thing in his left-hand coat pocket. He's left-handed, you know. And the sharp-faced woman with the glasses with the mercurochrome stains on her right thumb the brand new Corette handbag that has nothing in it but an ice pick? You wouldn't kid me, would you? <laughs> you can't kid me. 
What are you fidgeting about? You see? Remember this morning when you felt as if there was someone watching you? Then tell me something. Did your coffee taste funny this morning? You see? Maybe you do know them, after all. No, Miss Tragathanth, I don't want you to fetch me a sandwich. She's going out to have a peanut butter and chutney sandwich. She usually has a cream cheese and spam on Russian rye, but she's changed her mind today. By the way, wasn't that door to your bedroom open? You didn't close it. No, I wouldn't go look yet, if I were you. Matter of fact, I wouldn't like to be you. No, I don't know exactly what is going to happen, but I'll know when it does happen. I find it rather difficult to predict happenings, except, of course, perfectly obvious things, like my secretary dying of overeating at the age of 81, and my own demise of an aortal aneurysm, but I'm not sure when that will occur. And your own case. I know that something rather dreadful will occur to you. And I naturally want to warn you about it so that it won't come as a complete surprise to you. There's nothing I can do about it except warn you. Incidentally, the windows in that room could stand a washing. No, don't look. You might see something you don't want to see. Listen to me. This tall, gross man I told you about, he limps slightly in his left leg. A knife cut. He's unhealthy, too, has ulcers. The way he eats fried food. But he's quite dangerous, not a nice person at all. And those accomplices of his. The woman's name is Mamie. Recognize that? Mamie? I don't need to tell your last name, do I? Or have you forgotten it? Mamie? And her ice pick? The little man? Oh, he has several names. No, I'm not trying to kid you. I just don't think it's a good idea to tell you right here in front of everybody. Oh, well, lean over here and I'll whisper it to you. One of his names is... You know him now? Uh, he didn't have the mustache maybe then, but... You'll recognize him by it now, a little mustache, kind of like Hitler's. You wouldn't forget Hitler's mustache, would you? Always carries a book. He had it on the table beside his plate Wednesday night, and the cover got all stained with beer. He's a little sloppy, isn't he? That's Judge Rodney Erickson. He's trying Clapper Claw Duddy. You know, the gangster they're accusing of putting his enemies in the deep freeze up in Connecticut? Hello, Judge Erickson. No, Clapper Claude Duddy is innocent, Judge. It was his lawyer that did it, Ollie Tharp. Hang him, Judge. Issue a bench warrant and he'll confess. Clapper Claude Duddy really was in jail in Michigan when it happened. Ollie Tharp did it. You're welcome, Judge. Always ready to help out justice. Yes, Miss Tragasant? There's a man to see you. I know it. Oh, darn. Can I ever tell you anything you don't know? Of course not. This is a tall, fat man. With a heavy face and eyes that don't match, and he's wearing a brown gabardine suit. And he says he saw you in a restaurant. Wednesday night. 
You will show him in, Miss Trigatan. Come in, sir. How do you... I mean, hello, Mr. Ducrot. I want you to know something, Mr. Afternoon. I already know it. My right name is not... Your name is not Amadeus Wolfgang Ducrot, but that is the name you are using at present. It is so. I have... A message for me. I will tell you the message. Of course. You are in communication with a certain party. I am? I want to warn you... Get away you. from that keyhole, Miss Trigasan. Huh? You want to warn me that I must not communicate further with this certain person. Party. I'm sorry. Then I'm afraid that I shall have to take steps. You mean kill me? That is what I mean, Mr. Afternoon. You will not kill me. Oh, yes, I will. Sir, I beg to differ with you. You will attempt to kill me, but your gun, which you are carrying in your hand with your broad-brimmed Texas-style hat, will misfire. And Miss Tragesant will call the police, but you'll escape before they arrive. You think so? I know so. No. But yes, Mr. Let's Trigesant. see if the gun will misfire, then. Now, you see? Please are coming, Mr. Afternoon. They'll be here. You'd better run, Mr. Ducroft. Well, for heaven's sake. For a fat man, he certainly can move fast. <laughs> yes, indeed. Too fast, I'm afraid. The police are arriving, Miss Trigasanth. Kindly tell them they won't be needed. Yes, sir. Did you recognize his voice? When you hear a knock at your door, and you ask who's there, and you hear that voice again, well, by the way, perhaps you'd better double lock your door. He's quite powerful, and as Miss Trigasant says, he moves fast for a Batman. There's a car driving away quite rapidly down the street. I could see it from the window, but I don't need to. I know who's in it. The woman with the sharp features and the little man with the Hitler mustache. And the man who calls himself Ducrot. You don't know where they're going. I do. I know everything. I even know why they're after you. Even if you can't think why. You could think why if you wanted to. There isn't much time left. It's 5.50, Miss Trigasan. What time is it, Mr. Oh. No, there isn't much time left. And it isn't far to your place. Besides, they've been there before, you know, and they know all the shortcuts. I think if I were you, I'd put something against the door. Well, you only knew what I overheard in the restaurant Wednesday night while a tall, fat man talked. A tall, fat man with a cold killer's eyes and a gun that won't miss fire the next time. Now, he's taking care of that. And that would have frightened you a great deal more if you'd heard what he said to the woman he calls Mamie. A woman with a brand new Corette purse and nothing in it. But a nice pick. And what the little greasy man said to him, the man in the blue serge suit with something heavy in the left-hand coat pocket. It frightens me, and I'm not easily frightened. And then a tall, fat man coming to see me. I didn't expect that. Even if I did know who he was when he came to the front door. 
I know what he's got in his pocket. What the fat man's carrying. A coil of piano wire. And I know what they're talking about. Right now. As they drive along on the way to your house. Don't you know? Well, can't you figure it out? Don't you know what they want? I do. Think, won't you? I don't want to tell you. Don't be obstinate. You do know who they are, all three of them. Don't answer the telephone if it rings. That wasn't your phone. It was mine. It's the police. Just wait a second. Yes, Officer Drucker? Listen, Mr. Afternoon. I hear a fella got away from the boys at your place a little while ago. Tall fella, fat, with a big stitch in the hat. You called the police, didn't you? That is quite true, Officer Drucker. He tried to shoot me, but he escaped. He is in a car with two other persons, a man and a woman. How'd you know? And he ran down an old man and a corporal in the Air Force at a street intersection. The old man's dead. And the corporal has internal injuries. He will survive. It's a hit-and-run thing. Yes, I know. I was wondering if you had any idea where they're going so that we could head them off. Why, no, Officer Drucker. I, I haven't the faintest idea. Well, I was just hoping. I'm sorry. I don't know. I had to do that. Well, you don't want the police in on this, do you? No, of course you don't. Listen, is that a... Is that someone at your door? No, it's the people next door. They're listening, too. I think they're getting ready to go out. They don't want to get involved in this. I'm sure I don't blame them, not after what I heard Wednesday night. No, it's too late for you to go out. You wouldn't have a chance, you know that. The time's getting short. If I were there with you, I might be able to help. Why do I say that? I know I could help you. But I'm not there, unfortunately. And please don't call the police. Stay away from the telephone. You feel sick, don't you? I told you about the coffee. Are you sure there hasn't been somebody in your house? I know you don't think it's possible, but don't be too sure. Wasn't there a drawer open when you came home yesterday? A drawer you thought you'd closed? Remember when you woke up in the middle of the night, Friday night, and wondered what it was that woke you up? Sure. Are you frightened? I'd be, I know. Because you don't know what's going to happen. That's why you're not so scared. But I know what's going to happen, and it scares me. It scares me to know everything. You have no idea all the things I know, frightening things, funny things, strange things. What dogs talk about and how to make a pisco punch. What's hidden in that cave under Radio City in New York. The beach where Captain Kidd buried his treasure and how much it costs to put an ad in the London Daily Mail, the size hat that Stalin wears... And what Miss Trigasanth wants for Christmas next year, how I'm going to die sometime of an aortal aneurysm, the name of the mayor of Peoria, Illinois, and... Yeah, 
what's going to happen to you. A tall, fat man. A little, sharp-featured woman with glasses. And a little man with a Hitler mustache. And the presents they're bringing you. You do know them, don't you? Come in, Miss Dragosad. You brought the letters for me to sign. Yes, Mr. Atkinson. Thank you. Ah, that'll be all for today, Miss Dragosad. Why, what's the matter, Mr. Atkinson? I don't feel good. You're getting a cold. No. Ah, thank you, Miss Dragosad. You can go now. I'm busy. Yes. I had to get rid of her in a hurry. I've got something more to tell you. You've only got a few more minutes to wait. I, I hope you're ready. Listen. Isn't that somebody outside your door now? Listen closely. Listen. Ouch. Look. I'll tell you what to do. There's only one thing to... Dizzy. Only one thing you can do. They're at your door now. Did you put something against it? Wait a second. I'm out of breath. I'll tell you what to do. Just take... Oh. Just take... Ah. Oh. I'll have to hurry. I told you about that. By the order of aneurysm, I'm afraid. Oh. All you have to do... They're at the door. All you have to do is... Oh. Just, you just take, just take, it's come, it's come, help, Miss Trag, help. Oh, I was just going home, Mr. Afton. I'm, I'm trying to tell. What can I do? What shall I? Too late. Can I get some water? Help. All you have to do, they're at the door, they're, they're coming in, just, just take it. Oh. I'm sorry to, we got to take. Oh. Me. The door. He's dead. The title of today's Quiet Please story is The Man Who Knew Everything. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper. And the man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And others in the cast were James Goss, Arthur Cole, and Jean McBride. Music for Quiet Please is by Albert Berman. Now for a word about next week, here's our writer-director, Willis Cooper. Thank you for listening to Quiet Please. Next week, for all my Irish friends, I have a story for it called Dark Rosaline. And so, until next week at the same time, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Very unique, very uh, creepy radio show there. Quiet, please. March 6, 1949. The Man Who Knew Everything, starring Ernest Chappell, written by 
Willis Cooper is heard on ABC. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. Yeah, this song is a, a departure from the show we just heard. A little upbeat song, 1975. Love, love will keep us together. That's um. <laughs> Talking girl comes on. Helen Reddy? <laughs> I don't know. Not Helen Reddy? <laughs> no. no, not even close. Um, <laughs> you get one more try. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, Love Will Keep Us Together. It was originally written by Neil Sedaka. Yeah, but this that's is, not Neil Sedaka. No, no, it was written by. This is Captain you, and Tennille. Oh yeah, Captain right. and Tennille. They right. earned a Grammy nomination right. for this for Song of the Year. Captain and Tennille. Nineteen seventy-five. They had their own uh, talk show, variety I, show. I remember. He used to, to wear it. a hat. Yeah, a little captain hat. Yes, he did. I remember. Yeah, Captain and, and Tennille. <laughs> I really love you. Stop. I've been thinking of you. All right. All right. Thanks, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you. All right. More of Hollywood 360 after this break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next week, it's the Lum and Abner Show, Bold Venture. Candy Matson, Yukon 28209, Dimension X, and The Saint. Sounds good, right? Oh, I'll be here. All right. Be sure to visit our official website at Hollywood360radio.com. For my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Bubblebath Costella, and my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying thanks for listening. See you next week. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.